A very warm welcome to Fly to Freedom, an eating disorder recovery podcast that aims to give hope and inspiration to others trapped in the dark prison of an eating disorder. To reach out and take steps to recover and fly to freedom and peace. I'm Julia Trahane, your host, an eating disorder recovery coach who is now living in freedom after 40 years of anorexia, orthorexia and exercise addiction. My mission is to give love and support to anyone who feels ready to start their recovery journey. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I'm very grateful to you for being here. Please like, follow and rate it to enable me to reach others who need help. Right, let's get on with today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fly to Freedom. Today I have a wonderful guest and a client of mine, Claire who is going to have a little chat with us and then we'll move into a coaching session. So Claire, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. It's wonderful to have you on here. Thank you. As you know, you get bombarded with a few random questions, first of all. Oh yeah, come on then. So um, paper, digital, digital or audiobooks and why? Paper, definitely. Okay, why? I like I like the smell of books. That's a good smell, especially new ones. Yeah, new books, yeah. It's mm. not the same as yeah. digital. Talking about smells, what is yeah. your favourite smell? Uh, well, that's quite hard. Um, actually, it's probably the smell of my dog's feet. I that knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> I literally knew you were going to say that. I do love that smell. <laughs> smells like him. <laughs> when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, actually, funnily enough, it is what I'm doing. I wanted to be a nurse. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, yeah. Okay, so heading back to the dogs. Yeah. If you were a dog, what breed of dog would you be? Well, I'd have to say Labrador because that's what I've got. Because I don't know. Well, I suppose with my dog, he's always happy, and I don't know, nothing bothers him, and he can eat. So yeah, eat, and if dinner time's late, that's a bother. Oh yeah, it is a bother. Yeah, <laughs> I know my dogs. If there is, if it's even five minutes late, they're they're getting weak. <laughs> yeah, they're starving all the time. They're absolutely starving. Yeah. Okay, and if you could have a magic wand. Mm. And change one thing about yourself or about the world, but only one thing, what would you change? Um, oh, gosh, that's hard. Um, it would probably be more something to do with the world, I think, than myself. But probably that people are more tolerant of other people or things that they don't really understand. Yeah, that's a good one. Maybe, I don't know. I think that's a really good one. So would you be happy to share with us a little bit about your story yeah. and why you are where you are now? Yeah. Um, so I have a, um eating disorder, obviously, um, anorexia. Um, and it started when I was probably about 19. So, And I'm 48 now, so that's almost 30 years. Um, 
when I was growing up, when I was a child, I never had a problem with food or weight or anything. It wasn't until I was older. Um, and it wasn't a deliberate thing to lose weight or nobody had ever said that I was too fat or to go on a diet. I just, I don't really know why. I just kind of gradually ate less. I think it's because I was working and I was really busy. And so I did lose weight and I liked it and it just snowballed. So it's a bit kind of accidental, I guess. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've had an issue with food. Um, it has been better at times throughout my life, I guess. I have eaten better, but it's, I've never eaten what I would consider normal. And I've always had a problem with, I don't know, body image, I guess, and worrying about what if I'm too fat or what I'm eating and all that kind of stuff. And... I'm just fed up with it now. So what's prompted you to, well, first of all, have you ever tried recovery before? No, I thought about it, but I just thought I'm never going to because it's been too long. And I'm just kind of, I kind of resigned myself, I guess, to thinking that this is it now. I'm never going to recover because 30 years is a long time. It is a long time. It is. So what prompted you to reach out and start recovery this time? Because I heard your podcast and I thought if you can recover after 40 years, then maybe there's hope for me. Oh, there is absolutely hope for you. And so far you are doing amazingly well. You've taken huge steps. Mm. (laughs) Honestly, you have. (laughs) Claire has gone from eating just a very small amount once a day to almost every day having three meals and three snacks, which is incredible progress. Mm. And you're becoming a lot more open to being kinder to yourself. Yeah. Which is huge. Mm. That really is absolutely huge. So what would you like to chat about today? What What is... What are you finding most challenging at the moment? Um, probably, um, well, a lot of stuff, I suppose. I find it difficult eating more than my normal, or what was my normal, like once a day. And I, th- I don't really know, although I do, but I think it's the fear of putting on weight is the main thing. Okay. But that that's tends to be... The most scary part I guess yeah it does and if you were being completely honest with yourself mm. do you think that the body you are in now is your natural body and the size you're meant to be no I don't think it probably is no okay it's not you're right <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah <laughs> How do you think the eating disorder affects your life? It affects it in every way. It affects what I do, where I go, because I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. I can't, I don't like being around other people. I don't like being around food. I just, yeah, it limits everything. So you're basically in a cage. Yeah. by the eating disorder yeah I just have to follow what it says its rules and I can't do anything else 
because it's too unbearable. <clears throat> no, I hear you, and I feel that I spent so so long living in that cage. Mm. And not only could I not do anything else, I just kind of didn't feel valid to do anything else. I yeah. didn't feel like I deserved to do anything else. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it was almost like the world was going on around me, but I was... Yeah, and I think some of it is probably like a self-punishment thing that I don't deserve to, you know, go out or do anything or see my friends. I'm just not allowed to, so it's just... I don't know that I shouldn't so I don't would you like to would you like to feel free enough to yeah I would like to yeah because you get invited out don't you yeah I do but I just don't go no so what do you think being in a different body your natural body what do you think would actually change in your life if you were in your natural body? I think people would comment on it. In what way comment? Well, not necessarily negatively, but they would probably comment on either the fact I've put on weight or I look better or I look healthier, which I would twist around to mean fat. Okay. And I, and I don't want that. And I don't want my clothes not to fit me. Or I don't want to have to buy stuff that's a bigger size because that's would stress me out. Okay. So... But no, I don't think actually anything would actually change. It's not going to change who I am, is it? Or, no, not at all. But... I don't know if it would change how people, other people view me, possibly. I don't know. Okay. Do you think other people worry about you at the moment? Yeah, I'm sure they do, yeah. Well, they do, and, yeah, I know they do. And how does that make you feel? Guilty for making them worry. That okay. it's my fault that they worry because I won't eat. Does, for me, part of that worry that other people gave to me mm. actually felt quite protective and caring yeah I guess if they didn't care they wouldn't be worried would they mm -hmm. I suppose I do feel a certain amount of pressure from people and guilt that it's my fault well why can't you just eat this and just have that and when you can't you can't it's difficult to explain to someone how you feel when they don't feel like that or have no idea how what it feels like. It's well, why don't you want to eat just a biscuit? It's only a biscuit, but I can't. So why do you think it's your fault? Did you ask to have an eating disorder? No, I didn't, but would you eat normally if you could? Yeah, if I could, I would. So But I feel that I'm choosing not to. Although it's not really a choice. But is it? I don't know. I don't know. I get It gets confused in my head as to whether I am actually choosing it or whether I'm not. I don't feel like I am, because if I was, I wouldn't choose it, would I? Who no. would? Nobody exactly. would. Exactly. But I don't know. Maybe it's just other people's lack of understanding of it. 
It doesn't make any logical sense, though, does no, it? it no, it doesn't. It's never had an eating disorder. No, it's very difficult to explain because it doesn't really make sense. It sounds like you're a bit mad. <laughs> I like think we're all a, all a bit mad in some way, aren't we? Yeah. Everybody, every single person in the world. And is that mad or just a little bit quirky? Yeah, quirky. But So let's go back to it being your fault. Mm. Yes, you are struggling with an eating disorder, but no, you didn't ask to have it. You didn't ask to be afraid of gaining weight. No. You've said yourself that if you could not have it, you absolutely would. Mm. Well, in a heartbeat, I'd just, yeah, if I could. So how is it your fault? I don't know. Are well, you going to consider that it's not your fault? Um, oh, can you hear the thunder? No. Oh, I didn't hear it. It's thundering. How oh, is it? Yeah. So are you willing to consider that it's not your fault? Yeah, I can consider it, I guess. Yeah. When you see somebody else with an eating disorder, mm. do you think, oh, it's their own fault? No, I feel sorry for them because I know what they're going through. But you don't blame them? No, no, I don't. So what does that say to you? But if they're not to blame for theirs, then I'm not for mine. No, you're not. Mm. You're not to blame at all. So if you're not to blame, do you still need to punish yourself? Well, no, I suppose I don't. No. no. So why do you think... Clothes come in different sizes. Because people are different sizes. Yeah. And does everybody stay the same size throughout their lives? Mm, generally not, no. And no, is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's fine, yeah. For them. <laughs> <laughs> so clothes are meant to fit the person. The person's not meant to fit the clothes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. And what do the numbers in clothes mean? Well, they don't mean anything. It's just an arbitrary number, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. in any case, depending on where you shop, whatever size you are in one isn't necessarily the same as another. It's just, uh, I don't know. Exactly. No, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything. But So somebody with a bigger number in their clothes is not better or worse than somebody with a smaller number in their clothes well no because it doesn't mean anything about them does it no so if you were to buy new clothes with a different number in them what would it mean about you but i'd feel i'd failed if i had to buy clothes that were bigger okay. than what i've got now so do you feel successful now no if changing no. the size meant failing does that mean you're succeeding now no, no. No, it doesn't. No. Clothes are just a number. I have so many different sizes of clothes. Some, like this jumper I'm wearing now, 
mm. is like I think it's like an XXL because it's really comfy and baggy and just lovely to just be comfortable yeah. and wear. And it's just sometimes it's just really nice to have something slouchy and baggy on and that's yeah. comfortable. And yeah. the number in it or the size in it doesn't make any difference. No. I guess it's not so much maybe this whatever size it is because I'm not really that bothered what the size is per se. It's just the clothes I wear now, if I couldn't wear them because I couldn't get them on because I was bigger, I would just find that really hard. Mm-hmm. No, I get you. But can you see that it doesn't mean anything? Yeah. It's just clothes. And we all have to buy new clothes because we change shape, we change size, we change style, we change preferences. Somebody says something that makes us feel self-conscious about those clothes. Mm. Um, I think I had a yellow, yeah, it was a yellow um blouse that I really really liked and every time I wore it people said are you okay and I was like yeah I'm fine and they were like you look as though you're about to be sick (laughs) so did you stop wearing it eventually after about the sixth time people kept asking me if I was okay I was thinking I don't think this color suits (laughs) me at all because people just thought I was about to hurl on them (laughs) So, yeah, I stopped wearing it. Um, And I suppose that was because of what other people thought, Mm. which is probably not a good reason. Not if you liked it, you should wear it. But the fact that they were stepping back thinking I was going to be sick on them was slightly (laughs) off-putting. So we change clothes all the time. And clothes wear out as well or rip or... Yeah, get chewed up by a dog or, yeah. Frequently or, yeah, Mm. get ripped all sorts of things oh the dogs are joining in I knew it was too good to be true so you buy new clothes from time to time yeah yeah I do yeah and we've already established that the number in the clothes means nothing mm. and nobody else knows what numbers in your clothes anyway so they no. can't be judgmental on that at all no no, I guess it's me judging myself, isn't it, for having to wet, get bigger clothes? It is. When at the moment, I don't think that's something. No, I don't know. It's. I just find it hard to get my head around. I suppose that that's mm-hmm. going to happen, and I don't want it to. But can you see that it means nothing? Yeah, I, ca- I can see that. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing. It's clothes are meant to fit you. You don't have to yeah. fit the clothes. Yeah. And you can you can like something and then go off it, or you can get which I used to do all the time. I never believed that I was. It was okay for me to buy anything full price. I would only mm. ever buy something in the sale because I guess yeah. I didn't think I was worth the full price. Yeah. And so I got some hideous items because they were cheap. 
some things I just didn't wear because I'd bought them, but they were so horrible. Yeah. So clothes are just neither here nor there, really. They're just clothes. They're just there yeah. to keep you warm and, well, just what you like, keep you comfortable. Yeah. Be suitable for whatever situation you're in. I guess I put too much value on my clothes or the size or, I don't know, not needing bigger clothes. And it doesn't really mm -hmm. mean anything, does it? It doesn't mean anything at all. They're just clothes. Yeah. Just like a duvet cover. It's just a duvet cover. It doesn't mean anything. No. If you went from a single duvet to a du double duvet, has your bed failed? No. <laughs> Not at all. No. It's just a duvet. I don't know where yeah. that random thought came from, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so being in a different size body, in your more natural body, the body that is right for you, that yeah. is the healthiest, which is the one that you're, you were designed to be in, mm. will be at your optimum health, where you are feeling the most energised, the most happy, the least mm. anxious. So the fear of weight gain mm -hmm. is actually a symptom of the eating disorder. It's not something that's going to be there forever and ever. Mm. But I think I worry that it will be. Okay, that I'll, I that I'll that. feel how I feel now, but my body will be bigger. And then, I don't know, it will be, I'll feel even worse than I do. That's possible. Do you think it is possible? To feel worse? Mm -hmm. No, not really. I don't really see how I could feel worse. Okay. So if you couldn't feel worse, then your body changing would make no difference. No. No, that's true. And is there a possibility that you'll feel better? Well, yeah, that's probably the most likely possibility, isn't it? Mm -hmm. well I guess it's not it, it's not 100% certain that I will no no nothing's 100% certain in life but it's more likely I'll feel better than I do now yeah mm -hmm. and if you can't feel worse what do you have to lose well nothing I guess Yeah. Mm. And I know that you see many, many people in many, many body shapes and sizes through your work. Mm. Does their body shape and size mean anything about them? And does do you not want to work with people in bigger bodies? No, it doesn't. I don't even really think about it to be honest, but it's more how the person is towards me or other people, mm -hmm. not 
what they actually look like or how big or small they are. It doesn't it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. But then I don't know why uh, why it matters to me what size my body is. In all honesty, it's just a symptom of the eating disorder. Mm. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything about you whatsoever. It's just yeah. a symptom. It's like, I know you'd love to eat a pizza. Yeah. But the, it scares the shit out of you, the thought of yeah. eating pizza. Mm. But pizza means nothing, does it? Realistically, it makes no sense to be no. afraid of pizza. No, it doesn't. And you are totally aware that that's a symptom of the eating disorder. We've got lightning. <laughs> um, sorry, it's distracting me. I'm sat by the window. <laughs> so it's to you're totally aware that the fear of food is a symptom of the eating disorder. Yeah. And you accept that without question, that it's all part of the eating disorder. And if you didn't have the eating disorder, you wouldn't be afraid of food. Yeah, yeah, I do realise that, yeah. So can you accept the same thing about the fear of weight gain? I don't know, but that feels different, though. Huh. I want I want to, and I want to believe that when I'm recovered, I won't worry about my weight, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just... conditioning, I guess. Yes. That thin is good, isn't it? And fat is bad. So the or, diet industry tells well, us. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like you can't really get away from that idea, I guess, that No. If you are fat, it's you should you should or bigger, you should change how you are because that's not how... You can say fat. Fat is just adipose tissue. It means nothing. Mm. It's just it's but just a people are, are, they're not accepted are they generally or not, not there not, is a stigma yeah that's created by diet or industry they, yeah or people who are fat should be made or are made to feel that they should lose weight and do you think that's right no i don't think that's right no so when you look at the diet industry mm. it's I don't believe it's in people's best interests. It's not promoting health, is it? It's not promoting physical health or mental health. No, it's just preying on people's insecurities. Yeah. To make, to make money. Yes. Because they're miserable and they think that's the answer to, I don't know, being happier, I guess. Yeah, that is the lie that's fed to us all. Mm. But it is all about big business making money. Yeah out of making people feel like shit. Mm. Yeah. Which is horrific, really, when you think about it. Yeah, it is. It's awful. Mm. Because people are meant to come in all different shapes and sizes. Yeah. Just like dogs. Well, yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. A dog is a dog, but they come in so many different shapes and sizes. And 
I mean, a Great Dane doesn't feel pressure to be the same size as a Chihuahua. No. Don't give a shit, does it? What size? No. Not at all. And your lovely lab, does he show any concerns about eating? No. Only that he wants to eat everything and anything. <laughs> the, the more food, the better, as far as he's concerned. He don't, no, he don't give a shit about how big he is or not. So, to me, that shows that there is no doggy diet culture. No. And there's no social conditioning to put pressure. So if you imagined there was no diet culture or social conditioning, do you mm -hmm. think you'd still have these same worries? Um, oh, honestly, I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. But then but then when I when my eating disorder started, it wasn't because I went on a diet or I felt I had to lose weight or that was never my intention. It it was more the fact that the less I ate, the, the less I wanted to eat, and the more weight I lost, the more addictive I found it, I suppose. It's more more that than my weight per se it was... <clears throat> you find that the eating disorder helped you to feel in control yeah definitely when things yeah. felt out of your control yeah so it was a coping mechanism yeah yeah it was definitely yeah and the elusive you'll be happy when mm. did you ever find mm. the happy no because I'm still waiting yeah. It's never it's never shown itself, so I don't think it's ever going to now, is it? Not from getting to a particular number on the scale or a size in no. the place. Because whatever the scale is, it's never low enough, it's never small enough. It's and I do realise that now. The goalposts just change, don't they? Yeah. As soon as, yeah. soon as you get near or hit, I mean the amount of times mm. I hit the weight that I'd be happy at, the yeah. weight that I needed to get to to be happy. And as soon as I hit it, it changed. Yeah. Literally, the moment, there wasn't even, oh, yes, I've got that. There wasn't no. even that. It was like, oh, but it's not, I don't feel any different. I don't. No. And there was there was no finding the happy. No. Not until I gained weight. Not until I said goodbye mm. to the eating disorder and let it go. Yeah. I know that sounds really simple, but it's, and I know it's not. No. I know it's not at all. I mean, the amount of times I sat there mechanically eating because I had no hunger signals. Yeah, that is really hard to eat when you don't feel hungry. It don't is. Want anything. You don't want to eat, but you know, you have to. It's And you don't even know what to eat. Or what to eat, yeah. And what it is hard. Yeah, it is. And it's a case of just forcing yourself to eat just sitting there uh, for me quite often with tears running down my face hating every second of what I was doing but knowing that I hated every second of my life anyway that I was so far from happy anyway that I was willing to take the chance because I was like you I didn't think I could feel any worse mm. and I hoped 
to feel better. And wow, wow, do I feel better. Mm. Like a million times. A million, zillion, billion, trillion, infinite amount of times. And yeah, my body got bigger. And my clothes size changed. I don't know what I weigh. I don't weigh myself. It. I don't need to. There's, no. there's no... I cannot see a single benefit in looking at a number on the scales because it means no. nothing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't it doesn't matter, does it? No, not at all. It means nothing. All it does or all it did for me was make me feel anxious. Yeah. If it had gone up, that would have made me feel anxious. If yeah. it had stayed the same, that would have made me feel anxious. If it had gone down, then I'd have worried about keeping it going down. Yeah, that's If I've lost it? this much now, that means I've got to at least lose this much again tomorrow. Mm. And so it just put a different kind of pressure on. Yeah. So there's no, no benefits to knowing. Yeah. I guess maybe if you're having a particular medication that is based on body weight. Well, yeah. But other than that, I can't really see any other reason. No. It's and even if you're having that, you personally don't need to know. No. It's just the person prescribing the medicine that needs to know. Mm, exactly. So summing it up with being afraid of weight gain, you have agreed that it doesn't mean anything about a person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have agreed that you're really not happy as you are and you yeah. don't believe it could get any worse. You already feel like shit. Yeah. And that clothes are just clothes. The numbers don't mean anything. Mm. That the societal standards are just making people feel insecure and miserable for other people to make money. Yeah, they are. And that without the eating disorder, the fear of weight gain isn't there. It's just part, a symptom of the eating mm. disorder. So can you rationalize that the fear isn't actually real? It's just a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Can a feeling hurt you? Well, no, it can't actually hurt me, no. It's just a feeling. just feels yeah. uncomfortable, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And when you've felt the feeling, the fear, mm. and felt uncomfortable, and you've eaten anyway... yeah. And yeah, I know that's hard. I know that's horrible. Mm. Did anything bad happen? No. No, it didn't. So all the stuff the eating disorder tells you, the fear it gives you, nothing bad happens. It's just a no. feeling. Yeah. And you can feel a feeling, right? You know, even if I don't want to, I can, yeah. Yeah, you can feel a feeling. 
because it's just yeah. a feeling. It's just that. Yeah. And you can do that. Mm. Yeah. Nothing bad will happen. Even if you eat the pizza. Yeah. I mean, how can a pizza hurt you? Well, yeah. I think it's more the... Um, I don't know how to explain it. More like the, the... Knowing how anxious I would be if I had to eat a bit of pizza. Mm-hmm. That I don't want to feel like that, so I avoid it because it's easier not to have to go through all that anxiety about something. Whereas it if is, I, it which is I know easy. I do, and I know I do avoid stuff because it's just easier mm -hmm. to cope with. But yeah, it is so much easier. It yeah. really is. Yeah, recovery is hard. Recovery involves. Yeah sitting in that place of feeling really uncomfortable and just allowing that to happen mm. and that is hard and that is really unpleasant yeah. but you've done that so many other times in your life mm. what about when you first got behind the wheel of a car how uncomfortable yeah. did you feel yeah I was terrified yeah yeah how do you feel when you get behind the wheel of a car now don't really think about it I just drive and okay so it don't yeah you sat with that discomfort yeah you kept on doing it you kept on having driving lessons and practicing yeah how long do you reckon it took for that feeling of terror and discomfort to go once you just got on with it uh I don't know weeks maybe yeah. Not long. No. Just mm. feeling that discomfort and allowing yourself to be there. It doesn't yeah. take long. No. The more you fight it, the longer it takes. Yeah. But the anxiety is also due to the fact that you're just in survival mode. And your brain is on the hyper-vigilant lookout for danger. Mm. Because you're in survival mode. Because your body's not nourished. And so your, your body, your brain thinks you're in a famine. Yeah, and it just wants to survive. Yeah. So it's, it's on the lookout for danger all the time. So the more you eat, the more nourished you are, the more you come out of survival mode and you stop feeling that really high level of anxiety. Mm. But it's hard to get to that point now, isn't it? It is. It is really hard to get to that point. Yeah, it really is. And this is where you just have to say, it can't hurt me. Yeah. It's just food. Everybody else in the world eats this fucking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> They're not all terrified of it. No. It's just food. Mm. It's just part of the eating disorder. It can't hurt me. It's just a feeling. 
and I can feel a feeling, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be hard. But I've done it before. I've got through this sort of stuff before. And I can do it again. And like with learning to drive, the more you do it, the easier it becomes and the less anxious you are. I know the first time I got behind the wheel of a car, I was like, oh, my God, how many people am I going to kill? Yeah. <laughs> I was so scared. In fact, on my second driving lesson, I <laughs> stalled at a roundabout and I was so stressed that I literally got out of the car and walked home. And my driving instructor was like, what the hell are you doing? I just walked home and I was yeah. shaking and terrified. And I didn't think I would ever be able to get behind the wheel of a car again. But I did the next week for yeah. my next driving lesson. And I drive every day. It doesn't bother yeah. me. I don't think about it. Like you. Yeah. But I was I so it, scared. It becomes more of a... I don't know, automatic thing, isn't it? That you don't consciously think about about what you're doing or what you're doing with your feet or when you're yeah. driving. It, it just is. And do you think that's how other people eat? Yeah. Just an automatic probably, thing. Yeah, they feel hungry, so they eat something and don't think... Yeah. Don't, don't give it any thought, really. I'm not saying any thought, but, you know, oh, what do I fancy? Oh, I'll have this, I'll have that, and eat it, and that's that. They don't yeah. spend all day, every day, worrying about it. and no. Like I do. Or I do. <laughs> yeah. So the more you eat, then the more frequently you eat. Yeah. The less stressful it's going to be. Mm. It'll just become a habit. Yeah. And you can feel the feelings because they're just feelings. Mm. I know you can do this. Yeah. It's just so hard. It is hard. But I want to do it. I just... Yeah, it's just hard work. It is hard work. And I know in early recovery, I just wanted... I just wanted it to stop. I just wanted a day off. Yeah, I that is... Yeah. But the eating disorder never takes a moment off. No. And the options when you wake up in the morning is, do I feed myself mm. and eat? Or do I feed the eating disorder and restrict? Yeah. And every time you restrict, you're strengthening the eating disorder. And every time yeah. you eat, you're taking steps to your freedom. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that there's any ways that the eating disorder still serves you? Um. I don't know. Not really, I don't think. No. 
Mm-hmm. I don't it know. used to serve you. It used to serve you that you yeah. got the eating disorder for a purpose. Yeah. You didn't choose it. It was not your fault. You found a way to get through and to cope with stuff that you were struggling to cope with. Mm. As did I, as did just about every other person that has an eating disorder. Yeah. Other people may turn to alcohol or gambling Mm. or all sorts of things, people-pleasing, although I did that too, to be fair. Um, OCD behaviours, there are so many different coping mechanisms that we develop when life becomes something that we don't know how to handle because we're not taught... And we should be, actually. We really should be. But we're not taught coping mechanisms. No. At school, we're not taught that when we're feeling anxious, we can calm ourselves by breathing in a certain way. We're not taught any of that. We're not taught that talking to yourself kindly and compassionately is so much nicer than criticising yourself and Mm. berating yourself. We're not taught any of that. And we have to teach ourselves later on in life. Mm. But it's not your fault and you don't deserve to punish yourself. Because you're actually an absolutely incredible person and you're really, really funny. You are really funny. You've got an incredible sense of humour. Mm. And you can, you have so much to give the world. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's just difficult, isn't it, to believe that myself? It is. I know, I know it is. I never believed that it was possible to... I never believed it was possible to not hate myself, let alone yeah. love myself. Yeah. I, I thought that for some reason I was just rotten inside. I just thought yeah. there was something fundamentally wrong with me, like I had this evil centre. Mm. Yeah. But I don't. And you don't. No. And as we've we've talked about this before, but for the podcast, um, all babies are worthy. Yeah, there's no baby yeah. born that you look at them and think, "God, you're not worthy." No, no, of course not. Yeah, all babies are. Yeah, and all babies are born absolutely loving themselves. Yeah, and they are they just shout for all their needs they communicate in every way they know how to get their needs Mm. yeah because they are the most important beings in their own lives Mm. and that's how we're meant to be we're meant to love ourselves we're meant to want to have our needs met and we're meant to give that to ourselves that's how we're all programmed how we're all meant to be we were all born that way so what changes why as we grow up we don't feel the same Conditioning, mm. random comments from people. As as young children, it's almost like we've got 
a camcorder on our heads and we just yeah. soak everything up. We don't have the capability of analytical minds. No. Um, I was speaking to somebody the other day, a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, and she told me that children have no part. So as an adult, you can say, you can play mind games and you can manipulate and you can yeah. do that. But a child, they have no part in that because they literally, all they want to do is get their needs met. Yeah. And they will adopt any way possible to get their needs met. So mm-hmm. like a child that really behaves badly has learned that by behaving badly, they get the attention that they're needing. Yeah. Yeah. And so as children, all we do is try and get our needs met in any way that seems to work for us. And we also take on board as truth everything we see and hear. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, you are only one year younger than me. And we grew up with all sorts of conditioning on TV, mm. Weight Watchers. Yeah. Okay, can you pinch an inch? And mm. all this sort of thing. And we grew up being told, particularly as women, that yeah. our bodies had to look a certain way. Yeah. And that what we looked like was the most important thing about us. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And so that's all that conditioning. And I mean, my mum did diet after diet after diet. And we had, oh God, what's her name? Jane Fonda prancing around in the leotard. And all all this conditioning going on and on and on. And then we were told things like, oh, you must eat this to be healthy. You must eat this to be healthy. And when you look back through the years, I mean, we were told that eggs are bad the butter was bad Mm -hmm. and all these things have since been scientifically proven to have been completely wrong yeah but I guess it sticks in your mind though doesn't it it does it does but when you start getting really curious about it and questioning it Mm. then you can start uncovering that the beliefs aren't true yeah Because, I mean, we all believed that we couldn't eat more than two eggs a week. Yeah. I mean, that was such a big thing, wasn't it? It, it was, was yeah. Yeah. Egg, I... What was it? Eggwina curry, wasn't it? They yeah. called it eggwina. Yeah. And, I mean, we were all conditioned to believe that. Yeah. For years, I thought that eggs were, like, the worst food you could ever eat. Yeah. Even now, I don't really eat eggs. And I know that they, you know, I just, I don't know, it's just. But when you start looking at those limiting beliefs, start Mm. looking at the conditioning, and you've just said, you don't know why you don't eat eggs. No, it's just one of my fear foods, I guess. Yeah, but there's no reasons not to eat eggs. There's No. no, there's no evidence to suggest an S1 flies at you really hard and bonks you on the end of the nose. Yeah. There's no reason to suggest that an egg's going to hurt you. No. And realistically, all foods are just that. They're just food. And yeah. there's foods that we eat for nourishment, for vitamin content. There's foods that we eat 
for protein, for building our bones. Mm. There's foods that we eat for energy. And there's foods that we eat that make us feel happy and taste amazing, like chocolate. There's foods that we eat to celebrate with other people, like birthday cake and Christmas dinner and stuff. And there's just food has physical, emotional, mental, spiritual connection. It's it has so many meanings. Mm. And it's not just about fueling your body. No. And all food is okay. But on the other hand, all foods eaten in excess can be damaging, even foods that are so-called healthy. I mean, if you only ate carrots, you would be really malnourished and orange. Well, yeah, yes, that's true. And carrots are meant to be a healthy food. Yeah. If you only ate donuts, you would have really difficult digestive issues Mm. and be pretty exhausted all the time. Yeah. Any food eaten in excess can be damaging, Mm. whether it's a healthy food or a so-called healthy food or a so-called unhealthy food. Mm. But if you just eat what your body fancies, what you think is good, your body will guide you to what is right for you. Yeah. Some days I feel like eating chocolate and some days I feel like eating an apple and both are fine both are good yeah there's no wrong in any of it if you just listen to your body when your body starts sending you the appropriate signals when you're more nourished then you can't go wrong no yeah because your body will tell you what you need Mm. even if You start off like I did. I went back to foods from my childhood and basically ate um, a lot of custard cream biscuits and a lot of bacon frazzles and not a lot else to begin with because that's what I fancied and that was clearly what my body needed. Yeah. But now I eat a whole variety of foods, apart from olives, because they're just still nasty. Yeah. (laughs) Um, not that there's anything wrong with olives, I just don't like them. No. And that's okay. It's okay not to like certain foods, but it's not okay to be scared of them because food can't hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. And our I bodies mean, are incredible. Yeah, it's hard to get away from the, you know, the good food, bad food thing, isn't it? Like, oh, you shouldn't eat that, that's not good for you and... It is hard to get away from it because it's everywhere. Yeah. But again, who's profiting from your insecurities? Mm. Yeah. And if you searched on the internet to prove that something was going to be bad for you, anything, I bet you could find something that supported that. Yeah, yeah. There's... Everything out there is contradictory. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, I bet you there's dangers to spinach if you search hard enough. Yeah. (laughs) But our bodies know what we need. Mm. 
And I know I don't want to give any more money to health and wellness culture and stuff by making me feel insecure. No. Why do I want somebody to gain from making me suffer? Mm. Food for thought, hey? Do you get it the pun? <laughs> I do, yeah. You made, a you made a joke there. Yeah. I'm glad you got it today. I did, yeah. <laughs> So how do you feel about food right now? Um, yeah, I do feel a bit better about it. And it's a process and it takes practice and it well, takes yeah, being curious all the time. You're not going to magic I mean, it okay. It's, no, it's not like now I think, oh, I can eat whatever I want whenever I was, you know, but yeah. But yeah. can you start yeah. asking yourself questions when those fears come up? Yeah. Yeah, I can, yeah. Because just getting curious is so helpful. Yeah. You're amazing, Claire. Thank you. You really are. Anyway, I guess we've been chatting for quite a while, so we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Is there anything you else you'd like to say to the listeners or ask before we wrap it up for today? Um, no, I don't think so. Only that you're an amazing coach, and if people are listening and they're looking for a coach, they should seek you out because you've really helped me and you oh. are helping me. Bless you. You are fantastic. And all I'm doing is guiding you, but thank you. I received that. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do remember to give me a follow and a five-star rating. This will enable me to reach more people that need help. If you would like to talk to me about how to work with me and you're ready to take the next step, just check out my website at juliatrahane.com. Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful.